Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. Hey, what is going on, Brave Church? We are so glad that you are tuning in today. And let me just tell you something. I am amped up today. And you may say, well, why are you so excited? Well, because we are in week two of our series called Bloom. Man, last week we kicked this off where Paul is really instructing the church in Colossians. And here's what he's saying. He's saying that we have an ability to anchor our life in hope. That hope is here, that there's hope for our life, and you can have your life anchored, planted. You can have the seeds of your hope anchored in Jesus. Now, in week two, what I want us to do is immediately jump to Colossians chapter two. But let me say this. This is a Bible study, a book study of our church, and we're looking at the entire book of Colossians. Don't worry, it's only four weeks long. But if you haven't started reading Go ahead and get a head start for next Sunday, and you can read Colossians chapter 3, but let me tell you something, I'm so excited about this week. In fact, Colossians chapter 2 has so much content, it's it's actually one of the most like beefiest books, chapters in the Bible, and I was really thinking, man, God, what, what was it that you would have me to say to everyone that is tuning in today and is at church today? And I think I really heard what God is wanting to speak to us out of Colossians chapter 2. If you have your Bible, would you, would you turn to Colossians 2? Or maybe your Bible is electronic. You could turn it on. And here's what Colossians chapter 2 verse 6 says. It says this. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him. Last week, we talked about the seed of hope and anchoring that seed in hope. Today, we're talking about roots, how to get your roots strong. And he says, let your lives be built on him. Speaking of Jesus, then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. And I love verse number nine. He says, for in Christ lives all, all the fullness of God in a human body. So you are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and over every authority. There is another version of Colossians chapter 2, verse 10 that we just read. And here's what it says. You have everything you need if you have Jesus. Let me say that again. You have everything you need. Right there where you are. Would you say everything? Come on. One, two, three. Everything. I want you to know you have everything you need if you have Christ Jesus. Now, here's what I know. I think some of us, we know that Jesus is all that we need. And we think that, you know, we hear that and we, we realize that. And I don't think anyone watching this would probably say, well, I, I don't need Jesus and, and, and I don't need him in my life. But here's what I, I know, even Christians that are watching right now that will say, man, Jesus is all that I need. But there's something in us that thinks every once in a while, well, maybe I need something else. Like, like Jesus is what I need, but maybe there's something else that can bring 
satisfaction in my life. Maybe there's something else that can bring fulfillment in my life. Maybe there's something else that can bring happiness in my life. And I love Paul in Colossians because he reminds us that Jesus is over everything. Can I tell you today, if you have Jesus, you have everything you need. You have all that you need. And Paul reminds us that Christ is over everything. Everything is through him and that he is everything that we could need. Now, as I begin to look at this, I begin to think many times we will have what we need, but we think that we don't have enough. Like, for example, I don't know if you've ever gone to your closet before to pick out something to wear and you're looking at your closet. Now I know right now, like the go-to are sweatpants, shorts, and a t-shirt. But you remember this, like before, like we go to your closet and you're looking at your closet and you're literally moving clothes out of the way. You're like, I have nothing to wear, right? Some of the guys in the room, like you're looking at your wife right now, but we're like, man, I have nothing to wear. I don't know what I'm going to wear. I need to go shopping. Some of you are like, I need to go on Amazon and buy some clothes. I need to go online. And, and maybe it's like not clothes. Maybe it's food. Even just today, I caught myself. I opened my refrigerator and I had just gone out for some essentials like two days before. And I'm literally looking at my refrigerator, starving. I'm so hungry. And I'm looking at my refrigerator going, man, I have no food. And I'm literally moving milk over, I'm moving strawberries over, I'm moving bread over, saying I have nothing to eat. Here's what I know about you and I, is that many times what we need is right in front of us. But then we'll say, man, I don't have what I need. Now look, Colossians is so powerful because Paul reminds us, Jesus is everything you need. Let me give you a formula. You plus Jesus equals everything. If all you have left is Jesus, can I tell you, you have more than what you need to start again. You have more than what you need to have hope. You have more than you need to wake up tomorrow morning with courage and hope and joy and peace in your heart. Come on, aren't you so glad that Jesus is everything that we need? But here's what I know is that we all have that feeling like, well, maybe there's something else. Like, maybe there's something else that I need. And if we aren't careful, we will live with a syndrome. It's really like a sickness. It's an if-then syndrome. If-then syndrome, which means this. If this were to happen, then I would be happy. If this were to take place, then I would be happy. And so some people are watching this, and like your season of your life, are like, man, if I were to get married, I would be happy. Some of you are like, if I could get out of this marriage, I would be happy. Some of you are like, man, if I could get this job, I would be happy. And let me just tell you something. The danger of if-then syndrome that many of us have is, can I tell you, there is no period at the end of that sentence. It's a never-ending just cycle of wishing if things were different, then I would be different. But can I tell you, Paul tells us, that no boyfriend or no girlfriend. Some of you are like, man, uh, just if he will propose. And then you're thinking, well, if she'll say yes, I'll be happy. Some of you are like, well, then you get married. You're like, well, if he would just be nice to me. Some of you guys are like, well, if she would just be romantic with me. If then, if then. And then you get married and then you have, like, if we can have kids, we'll be happy. And then you're like, can we get rid of the kids? Paul reminds us. And he says, listen, Jesus is everything you need for fulfillment and satisfaction. I love this because I think that some people find some satisfaction in Jesus. Like, in other words, you're tuning in right now and you're at church. You're at church in your home or maybe at work or maybe in your car. And 
you're tuned in. And I know like even before this pandemic happened, we'd go to church and there are, are some of us like, man, when we go to church, we love the worship. We love the message. And some of us even get like goosebumps and we like enjoy that. But can I tell you, it's a Sunday and chances are you're at home watching and you're going to turn the TV off after this. And the danger is, is that when we turn the TV off, we turn Jesus off too. Like some of us want some of Jesus. Paul is saying that Jesus doesn't want some of you. Jesus wants all of you. In fact, let me say it like this. Jesus does not want an invitation to your life. Jesus wants an invasion into your life. Jesus wants to be a part of every part of your life. Can I just tell you that your heart is much like your house? Your heart has many rooms just like your house does. And here's what I know. We have many rooms in our house that you have full access to. You go to every room in your house. And some of us, we invite Jesus, right? We, we give him an invitation. Jesus, I want you in my house. And then Jesus comes into your heart. And you're like, but Jesus, I want you to stay here in the living room. Or, or maybe you can go to the kitchen, but don't open the refrigerator. And, and then you definitely tell him, but Jesus, don't, don't go down the hallway. You're not allowed in the hallway. And for sure, do not even think about going in my bedroom. And you better believe, Jesus, you better believe you better not go into my closet. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? And because I got stuff in my closet, I throw all my clothes in there. I throw the basketballs in there. And nobody's allowed to see what's in my closet. Can I tell you, to live a fulfilled life, if you're looking for satisfaction in your life, the only way that you can have that, Paul tells us, Paul says this, you have to invite Christ into every part of your life, not just some of your life. Can I tell you, Jesus wants to be a part of your dating life. Jesus wants to be a part of your married life. Jesus wants to be a part of your business. Can I tell you, only Jesus can hold all the pieces together that you love the most in your life. No one can hold your life together like Jesus. No one can hold your family together like Jesus. Come on, business people. No one can hold your business together. No one can hold your finance together like Jesus. And Paul reminds us in Colossians chapter two, that we can really have this kind of life. You may be watching like, well, Pastor David, is that kind of life? Is it really accessible? Can I really have that? Paul says, yes, but let me help you out with something. This is a promise of God that you can live an abundant life. But can I tell you many times, the promises of God are conditional. The love of God is unconditional. Aren't you so thankful that the love of God is unconditional? Like God loves you no matter what. You cannot stop God from loving you. His love is unconditional. But watch this. His promises are conditional. In fact, what Paul goes on to show us in verse number six, he shows us how to have this kind of life. Come on, don't you want an abundant life right there where you are? Say yes. Come on, say amen. Don't you want a life that's overflowing? Don't you want a life that is fulfilled and that you have satisfaction in your life? Paul says you can have it. And he shows us how. So I want to show that to you right now. Verse number six, he says, and now, Just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. You know what Paul says? Paul says it starts with you accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord. I love it that Paul, he didn't say accept him as your friend, which scripture says Jesus is a friend of ours. He didn't even say accept Jesus as your savior, 
which I'm thankful Jesus is our savior. He saves us from our sins. But what Paul says is the way that you give Christ full access to your life is you accept him as your Lord. Now, what does that word Lord actually mean? Because that's like a a church word, right? Like we hear that said, Jesus is Lord, but we really don't know what that means. Here's what that means. It means this, Jesus, I submit to you. I yield to your ways. Lord means this. I am going to serve you. You are my master. I'm going to put my life into your hands. You know what Lord means? It means this, Jesus, you have full access to every part of my life. Let me just ask you, as you're watching this right now, is Jesus Lord over every part of your life? You know what? Not to cause you to feel like any kind of condemnation or or judgment with that question, but only you and I can answer that honestly. And, And really, when we come to the honest conclusion, that is the beginning of us saying, God, I want to live a a life that's overflowing. I want to live a life that is abundant. I want to live my best life for the rest of my life. And as we answer that question, as I'm preaching this with you, I'm evaluating myself. God, are you, are you the Lord over every part of my life? Or is there something in me that I'm holding back from you? Paul goes on and he shows us, man, after you have made Jesus the Lord of your life and By the way, let me just say this. I'm not talking about religion. We're talking about relationship. If you've been around Brave Church very long, you've heard us say that. We we don't promote religion. We promote relationship with Jesus. Why, Pastor David? Because religion, man, just like beats you down. Relationship with Christ lifts you up. And Paul goes on. He goes, after you have made him the Lord of your life, verse number seven, he says, then let your roots grow down into him. And let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong. And the truth that you were taught, and here we go, and you will overflow with thankfulness. I love it that Paul uses this word rooted. Just like trees are rooted in the ground and the roots of a tree will will go down into the ground. And as the roots go into the ground, what they're doing is they're looking for nutrients. They're looking for water. For what purpose? So that they can grow. They can grow strong and they can bloom and produce fruit. And just like trees are rooted in the ground, they're planted in the ground. Paul says this, you and I need to be planted. We need to be rooted in Christ. Now, here's what I know though, is that many times, and I see like a lot of Christians that even a lot of times Christians, they, they, they're going through things in their life and and they're like, man, there's a battle going on or there's a struggle or maybe in this pandemic. And, and there are many times Christians that they begin to question God. And in the battle, they're thinking, man, God, why is this happening? Why would you allow this to take place in my life? And what happens is they lose faith easily. And the reason why is because they're not planted. Their roots have not grown deep. And what I've seen is, is that there are a lot of Christians that are potted and not planted. They're they're potted, but not planted. In fact, let me just say it like this. There are a lot of Christians that have a pot problem. I know that's awkward right now as you're watching this. But let me illustrate it for you. I've got this this potted plant, this potted palm tree, I guess. 
and, and I, I have this, and I, I, I like to keep this out on my balcony, and sometimes I bring it in just to kind of like green up everything in my house because all my walls are white, and, and I bring this in, but when I leave this out on my balcony, you know what happens? The wind comes, and the wind just blows this thing over. So what do I do? I hear it hit the ground and fall, and I go back out there, and I take it, and I put this potted plant back in its place. Before I even get inside, guess what? The wind's blowing, it blows it over again, and it falls to the ground. You see, as long as this plant is potted, the roots are really confined. The roots can't do anything. The roots can't grow anywhere. Let me help you with this. The roots are contained, and they are limited by the depth of the pot. But if you take this palm tree, and you take it out of the pot, and you put it into the ground, all of a sudden, this potted plant has now become planted in the ground. And you and I know this, that when you plant a plant in the ground, it has unlimited capability. Why? Because its roots can grow as deep as it wants to go. It can search for water. And this plant can thrive and grow. Let me just tell you something right now. You're the same way. If you can allow yourself to not be potted in church, don't be potted here at Brave Church. Don't church shop because you are church potted. You need to say, I want to be planted in a community of faith. When you plant yourself in a church like Brave Church, really what you're doing is you're anchoring yourself in faith in Christ Jesus. Come on, how many of you are so thankful that Brave Church is a church? We're all about Jesus. Jesus is the one we preach. He's the one we serve. He's the one we worship. And what we know is this. Our goal at Brave Church is to help you get planted in Christ. Why? So that you can grow. So that you can have an unlimited life unlimited possibilities in your life as you say, God, I want you to help me to grow. Help me to be planted. Help me not to be potted. Come on, would you look at your neighbor that you're sitting next to and ask this question, do you have a pot problem? We'll probably talk about that at another time. Come on, that just got crazy. But here's what I love about Paul. What I love about Paul is this. He says, we are not going to live in containment. We are not going to let our faith be contained. Come on, I want to speak to someone right now. At the beginning of 2020, we said our theme for this year is crazy faith. Do you know what it takes to have crazy faith? Us getting out of limitations. Us getting out of the pot. Us saying, God, plant me in your word. Plant me in your house. Plant me in Christ so that I can flourish, so that I can grow, so that I can be all that you've asked me to do. You say, but pastor, how do I do that? How do I How do I live that kind of life? Here's the answer to that. You might want to write this down in your notes. It's through the word of God. Did you know when you read the word of God, you are watering the roots. You are watering the seed that God has planted in your heart. And when you read the word of God, your roots are starting to strengthen and grow. Did you know that is why God gives us his word? If you want to know who Jesus is, you've got to read his word. If you want to know what God is thinking, you've got to read his word. If you want to know, God, what is your plan for my life? What what is your purpose for my life? You've got to read God's word. But listen, if you never open God's word, then you'll never know what God is saying to you. When you read the word of God, you are literally strengthening the roots in your life. That's why Jeremiah 17, 7 says this. 
But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that grow deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. My question is, do you want that kind of life? I love how Jeremiah says this, that even in the drought, their leaves stay green. That sounds like a blooming tree to me. That sounds like a life that is in full bloom. That sounds like a believer who is watching that through this drought season that we're in, listen, your leaves can stay green. You say, well, pastor, you don't understand like this season and you may be watching this and feel like the odds are stacked against you. You may be watching this right now and you may say, well, I'm going to have to start all over again. I'm going to have to start the business all over. I'm going to have to start this school year all over. I'm going to start my dreams all over again. But listen, Jeremiah says that the sun does not scorch our leaves. Why? Because our roots are deeply rooted in Christ. And when you know the word of God, you know that the word of God says that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who gives us strength. We know that no weapon that is formed against us will prosper. Come on, I feel like preaching up in here today. That no weapon that is formed against you when you are rooted in Christ will prosper. Nothing that forms against you. The Bible says this, oh, the weapons will form. We sing a song at Brave Church that says that, but they will not defeat you. Man, that is a great place for you to take great joy and great hope. And that's a great place for you at home right now to stand up off your couch, give God a crazy praise and thank him and praise him because that is some good preaching right now. But I love it that Paul says this, that you don't have to wither. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. There's some of you that are are watching and you're like, but pastor, it's been a long, long night. But can I tell you, when you know God's word, you know that joy is coming in the morning, that this is a season. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what season that you're facing. I don't know if it's a relationship, a finance, a job season. I don't know if it's a health battle, but I've come here today on this Sunday in week two of Bloom to let you know that weeping may endure for the night, but joy, someone say joy, joy comes in the morning. You see, you may be watching this though. You say, well, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to grow those kind of roots. Can I tell you, that's why you need other people. That's why we have groups. We have dinner parties and we have brave life. Dinner parties are where we gather socially in virtual groups and we grow spiritually. We encourage each other. Brave life is leadership and discipleship. And here's what I would say. You need to get into one of these groups this week. Now, let me just stop for a minute because I, I, get, I get passionate. You're watching this. You're like, man, that, that pastor is like passionate. Is he angry? No, I'm just passionate. I'm just, I, love, I love just helping you understand that you can live a fuller life. But let me just kind of slow this thing down a little bit and tell you, you need a group. Like this week, you need a dinner party group, and you need to sign up for Brave Life. Now, here's the thing. We do groups not because we want something from you, but because we want something for you. And we ask people, sign up for groups. And I want to put a challenge out here today on this Sunday. Give groups six weeks. 
Just make a commitment. You know what? I'm going to join a dinner party, and for six weeks, I'm going to give it a shot. Six weeks, I'm going to give Brave Life a chance. And I guarantee you, at the end of six weeks, your life is going to be so blessed. Your life is going to be so encouraged. Because here's what I know. We need people to help us with our roots. You know, they say that trees that are are growing deep roots, that they actually form this support system. That the older trees, watch this, that as the older mature trees are growing their roots deep into the ground, that really what they're doing is they're creating a support system. For real, this is like, you could Google it. And that smaller, younger trees, they can survive the storms if they are close enough to the other trees that are intertangled and their, 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 their branches and their, their roots are intertangled underneath the earth. And in fact, they say the redwood forest in California, redwood trees, they survive droughts, they survive fires. And experts tell us the way that they survive storms and fires and droughts and no water is because they are connected with other trees. Can I tell you, much like the trees in California, so are our lives. You and I, we need other people in our life. I'm going to tell you, you need accountability. That word accountability sounds like such a strong negative word, but can I tell you, it's not negative. You do better when someone is in your life. It's like when you go to the gym, you're working out at the gym. Do you know that you can lift more weight if you have someone spotting you? Did you know that when you run with someone, you run at a faster pace than if you're running alone? And it's the same thing in our Christian faith. When you have someone come alongside you and they're able to look at your life and they're able to say, hey, you know what? I know that you feel like the pressure's too much, but I want you to know you can handle some more. It's inside of you. You're strong enough. The power of God is in you. Come on, I feel the authority of God right now just letting someone know there are people that are waiting for you to take your roots and man, join Join their roots, and there are people in a dinner party in a Brave Life group who are ready to help you make it through this storm. In fact, here's what I know, is that they, they have this phrase, agricultural scientists have this phrase called the root touch. I didn't say root touch up. Some of your ladies are like, oh, I know, I need one of those right now. I know, I know, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about a root touch up. It's called a root touch. And that's literally the scientific word for when roots of a tree touch each other. That's when strength happens. That's when support happens. Can I tell you, as your pastor, let me just encourage you, your life needs to be in touch with someone else of faith. Your life needs to be in touch with someone else at Brave Church. This is the season for you to say, I don't want to do this alone, but I want my roots to go deep so I can be strengthened. But the second thing that Paul says is this, so that you can build your life. Now, if you ask any builder, they will tell you the most important part of any building is its foundation. It doesn't matter what cabinets you put in. It doesn't matter what kind of countertops you put in. If the foundation is bad, the whole thing's going to fall apart. And Paul says this, make sure your roots are strong so that you can build your life. Do you know what all of us have in common? Every one of us right now, we want to build our life. Some of you are watching this right now and maybe even you're saying, Pastor David, like, David, I, I haven't built my life on a good foundation. Maybe you're watching this and you say, when I look at 
my life, there are walls that have fallen down and there are, are things that have fallen apart because I, the first part of my life, I, I didn't build on a good foundation. Can I tell you the beautiful thing about Christ? It's never too late. You can have the best part of your life. You can live the best of your life for the rest of your life. If today you begin to say, you know what, Jesus, I want to build my life on the foundation of your word. I want to build my life on who you've called me to be and the purpose that you've called me to. In fact, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 says this, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. It's like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rains come, and the floodwaters rise, and the winds beat against that house, it will not collapse because it is built on the rock. But anyone who hears my teaching and does not obey it, it's foolish. It's like a person who builds a house on the sand. Like, who would do that? Many of us do that. He just says this in verse number 27. When the rains and the floods come, and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Can can I just tell you something right now? University students, high school students, middle school students, you can build your life, your foundation for your life right now so that the rest of your life, you can avoid what all the rest of us stumbled on. It's so important that we build the foundation of our life on Christ. Verse number eight says this. I, I love this in Colossians. Paul begins to break down this chapter and he says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and the spiritual powers of this world. Rather, build your life on Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is head over every ruler and over every authority. Pause for one moment. What's happening here? As I close the message today, I want to introduce you something because Paul is looking at this church in Colossae. He's writing this book to a church in a very modern city, progressive city like Miami. And he says this, be careful of people who come in and they preach Jesus, but they also say, yeah, but you should meditate and you you should focus on karma and you should pray to your dead loved ones. Paul is telling the church, he's saying, you've got to be careful. You don't have to include anything else with your faith in Jesus. Nothing else is needed. Jesus is all that you need. And Paul is telling this church and he's telling us, you have to be careful because there is hollow and deceptive teaching out there. Now that word hollow means this, empty. And here's what I know is that the teaching of this world is hollow, it's empty. And a lot of us have put our hope in things that's just empty. But then Paul says there's also deceptive thinking out there. What is deception? Here's what deception is. When you believe something is the truth, but it's really a lie. Can I tell you today, there is such a thing as truth. God's word is the truth. And can I tell you, we don't get to decide what that truth is. I know in our culture today, there are people that would say, well, you know what? You do your truth. I'm going to do my truth. You do you, boo. No, but can I tell you, that's not, that's not reality. Like, we don't get to decide what is true and what's not true. We don't get to take a rock and go, hey, let's vote on this rock, right? Let's decide, is this rock hard or is it soft? Okay, I want to vote. No, no, the, we don't get to make things up. There is truth, and Paul is reminding the church. And I want to remind you today, with that same spirit of Paul, to remind you, man, 
You don't need anything else but Christ. Can I tell you? You don't need a horoscope. You don't need a psychic. You don't need anything else to determine your future except for Jesus Christ. And Paul says this, make sure you understand that Jesus is all you need. That's why Jesus says in John chapter 8, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Do you know what I love? He says, you will know the truth. He didn't say you would know a truth, but you would know the truth. And when you know the truth, that truth will set you free. Come on, anybody watching today, you're excited for the power of God and the presence of God just to fill your life and to set us free from our, our pain and to set us free from our doubts, to set us free of our fears. But I want to end this message today really talking about, about this truth. If you'll give me two more minutes, I want to help you understand what truth is. And rather, let me just say it like this. I want to help you understand what truth is not. If you're taking notes, I want you to write these three things down. Number one is this. Truth is not what I feel. Paul is telling the church here, be careful. Your feelings are valid, but your feelings are not fact. Truth is not what you feel. I I know there's people in our our world that they they think that, man, it's just whatever I feel. This is what I feel. It's right. I just, I feel, I feel it's so right. And people say that about relationships. I, I just felt, I felt it was so right. But where else does that work in your life? Like you don't say, hey, I felt like not going to work today. Because your boss is going to say, well, I feel like not paying you. Like if you're speeding and a police officer pulls you over and he knocks on your window and you roll down the window and he's like, hey, I want you to know you're speeding. You're not going to say, well, officer, you know what? I just felt like this was the right speed limit. Like it felt right for me to go that speed. The officer's going to say, well, I feel like giving you a ticket. In the same way, you're not going to, if you're a student, you're not going to tell your teacher when you get your grades back, well, I felt like I should get an A. I I don't feel like you should give me a C. I really feel like my work is an A. She's going to say, I feel like you need to study more. Can I tell you, truth is not based on our feelings. If truth is based on our feelings, then we will not have truth. And our lives will be a complete disaster. Number two, would you write this down? Truth is not our feelings. And truth is not what culture decides. In other words, we don't let Ellen DeGeneres, we don't let Oprah, we don't let CNN or Fox News to tell us what the truth is. Why? Because they're entertainers, they're journalists. We don't get our truth from Hollywood. We get our truth from the Word of God. Let me say it to you like this. We don't get our truth from the world, we get our truth from the Word. We don't get our truth from what's trending, we get our truth from the truth of God's Word. Can I tell you? We don't get our truth about marriage from the world. We don't get our truth about relationships from celebrities. We get our truth about our relationships, our future, our destiny, our finance, our eternity from the word of God. It's not what culture decides. It's what God decides. And number three, write write this down. Truth is not circumstantial. In other words, truth does not change with the times. I know that the days that we live in, people people want to say, well, let's redefine what truth is. But you know, God says in his word that his word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I just want to tell you today, God does not want to limit your life. When we know what the truth is and it sets us free of patterns that we've believed, and trust me, I've been a pastor for over a decade, and I've prayed in this very room right here with hundreds of people 
that they put their truth in what the world says was true. And they are coming up for prayer and they come to me, David, would you pray for me that God will put the pieces back together again? Can I tell you, I've seen over and over and over again, I've seen it in my life, none of us are perfect, that the real truth that we can build our life in is on the word of God. Can I tell you, God doesn't want to take fun away from your life. God wants you to have the best life. God wants you to have an enthusiastic life, an adventurous life. And you can live that life if you say, God, would you help me to build my life on your word, to put my roots deep into the person that Christ has called me to be. You know, as I close today, I just wonder if there's some people here that are watching and maybe you're here and you say, well, David, you know what? I I really haven't built my life on the word of God. And I just wonder if you would pray for me that God would help me to build my life on his word, to build my life on a foundation that when the storms come, and I know you're watching this right now, the storm is raging in all of our lives, that you're watching this, that you want to be like in Matthew, that my life survives. You want to be like that tree in Jeremiah, that when the sun beats down and the storms come, my leaves will not wither. And you're watching this. You say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I want you to know our team is looking right now on this screen. And if you have a prayer request, we want you to type that in the comment section right now. We want to know how we can pray with you. Maybe there's someone else that you're new to faith and you haven't been a Christian long. You haven't been following God long. And you say, David, I I don't really feel that strong in my faith. Your next step is to join a group today. Here's what I want to ask you to do. If you're watching and you're not in a dinner party, you haven't gone through brave life, I want you to type in the comment section, dinner party, or type in the comment section, brave life. And someone is going to reach out to you right here on this comment thread. And they're going to let you know who you can email. And we're going to give you a number that you can text that we can begin to help you find a place so that your roots will grow and that you can survive this storm. Maybe you're watching the third person that's watching. Maybe you're a mature Christian watching this today. You've had your roots deep in faith. You've been following God, but you're not leading. Can I tell you, this is a great day. This is a great Sunday for you to begin leading other people. Can I tell you, Brave Church, we have so many new believers, so many people that have just started saying yes to Jesus. And let me tell you, those young trees need a mature tree like you to finally say, yes, I will serve. I will lead a dinner party. I will lead brave life. And if that is you, I want you to type in the comment section, lead, L-E-A-D, lead. Then there's the fourth person I want to talk to today. Maybe you're watching this and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord. Paul says that's where it starts, is accept Jesus as the Lord of your life. And I want to pray with you right now. You may be watching and you feel far from God. You may be watching and you know you don't have a relationship with God. I didn't say religion. God hates religion. But you know you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Can I tell you that can change right now? It's the most important decision you will ever make in your entire life. You can begin that relationship right now. It's by simply just praying this prayer. And as you're watching... I'm going to pray a prayer and I'm going to pause between each sentence. And I want you to repeat this with me. You could say it out loud or you could say it just in your heart. 
Would you say, Jesus, today I ask you to forgive me of every sin. I thank you that you love me. Thank you for going to the cross for my sin. And Jesus, today I want a relationship with you. So today I ask you to be the Lord of my life. You have access to every room in my heart. And I will love you and serve you for the rest of my life if you will help me. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to celebrate this right now because here's what I know. There are people that you are watching this and you just prayed that prayer. Can I tell you? Everything we've done today is all for this moment and it's for you. The worship The music that was before I preached was for you. This whole message was for you. And we want to know that you just prayed that prayer. I wonder if you would do something. And it may take you a little bit of faith, a step of faith to do this. But if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe you're a Christian and you've prayed that prayer before, but right now you're recommitting your life to Christ. You're beginning a relationship again with Jesus. If that's you, I want you in the comment section to type in, I decided. Come on, would you do that right now? And I believe as you're typing, I decided in the comment section, we just want to cheer you on. Come on, as you're watching, some of the leaders that are watching, would you put some hand clap emojis in there, some virtual claps? Come on, we're just going to keep clapping because there are people, I believe today, that you are typing, I have decided. And we are just going to celebrate you. And I want you to know that you are champions today. And Jesus loves you with everything that Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com.